You know, the word of God to you today is that he's pleased with you. Is that he's there to help you. He doesn't condemn you. He doesn't, uh, uh, he has given you the privilege of being a father and he affirms you. And he lets you know that he's proud of you. And, um, and, and, and he will help you. He says, do not be afraid. I am with you. I will, I will uphold you. I will strengthen you. I will help you. Only keep looking to me. Father, we give you thanks. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Give him a round of applause. You may be seated. If this is your very first time in High Life Church, you're very welcome. Um, thank you so much for coming um, for our Father's Day celebration. You know, I just, I just sense the Spirit of God, um, the presence of God is here in a strong way. And uh, the Lord is going to help us this morning. Amen. Well, let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We're going to spend a few minutes in the word of God this morning. We ask, oh God, that you open our eyes, um, help us to see you. Um, teach us your way, O oh God, that we may walk in your path. Um, without you, we can do nothing. But Lord, with you, we can do all things. So we give you thanks for your help. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's open our Bibles. The book of Second John. Uh, I've got a lot to talk about this morning, but we have so little time, so we trust the Spirit of God will help us today. Hallelujah. Second John, verse 8. It says, um, look to yourselves that we do not lose those things we worked for, but that we may receive a full reward. You know, the Apostle John was, um, out of the Apostles, he was, one, he was the one that lived the longest. He was banished to the island of Patmos. Um, all the others were martyred at different points in their lives. But John was writing this letter when he was in his 90s. He was an old man. And uh, it's, an amazing, it's an amazing thing how old people can say a lot in a short sentence. He says, look to yourselves. The New Living Translation puts it this way. It says, watch out. Say to your neighbor, watch out. It says, watch out that you do not lose what we have worked so hard to achieve. Be diligent so that you receive your full reward. Everyone say full reward. You know, when someone says full reward, it means that um, it is possible to get a partial reward. uh, And it's possible to get no reward at all. So he says, work hard, be diligent that you may receive your full reward. God wants us to receive the full reward. Um, Obviously, the ultimate reward is that which you and I will get at the judgment seat of Jesus Christ, where we will get our eternal rewards. However, in eternity is not the only place that you get rewarded. Because in 1 Timothy 4 verse 8, the Bible says, godliness is profitable unto all things. Having the promise of a life that now is and that which is to come. When you live a godly life in Christ Jesus, you will be rewarded here and you will enjoy reward in the life that is to come. In Proverbs 11 verse 31, the New Living Translation says, uh, puts it this way. It says, if the righteous are rewarded here on earth, what will happen to the wicked sinners? Proverbs 13 21 says... Trouble chases sinners while blessings reward the righteous. Blessings reward what? The righteous. So, so um, God wants us to be rewarded in this life and in the life to come. 
But beyond being rewarded, he wants us to get our full reward. Our full reward. Now, in the ministry of Jesus, we actually see this play out. Um, how through people's interaction with him, some got a full reward, some got a partial reward, and some got no reward at all. So what we're going to do this morning is we're going to look at the ministry of Jesus, and we're going to learn certain principles um, for how you and I can enjoy the reward that God has for us in this day and in this time. Because as it goes with Jesus, so it goes with us. So let's begin by looking at the book of um, uh, Luke chapter 4. I'm going to read from Luke 4.16 and then I'm going to read Mark chapter 6. Um, these two references are um, Luke and, and Mark's depiction of what uh, the same occurrence that took place. You know how it is that two people can be telling a story and uh, different observers emphasize different things. So they're, they're both talking about the same incident here and we're going to get a full picture by reading both references. So let's start with Luke chapter 4, verse 16. Luke chapter 4, verse 16, the Bible says, So he came to Nazareth, talking about Jesus, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it is written, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and he gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today... This scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So all bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is this, is this not Joseph's son? Now let's go over to Mark chapter 6 and also get a fuller picture of what actually happened here. Look at Mark chapter 6. I'll start reading from verse 1. Same incident. It says, then he went out from there and came to his own country. Everyone say his own country. And his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. Now we know what he taught, don't we? What did he teach? He found the book of Isaiah. He opened it. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And at the end of his teaching, he said that this day, um, this is fulfilled in your sight. It says he began to teach in the synagogue and many heard him were astonished saying, where did this man get these things? And with what wisdom is this uh, which is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon, are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him. But Jesus said to him, a prophet, or said to them, a prophet is not without honor, except in his own country, and among his own relatives, and in his own house. Now he could do no mighty work there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people, and healed them. And he marveled because of their 
on belief. The Bible says he could do no mighty works there. In the Amplified Version, it actually puts it this way. It says, he was not able to do even one work of power there. Except he laid his hands on a few sickly people and cured them. Now, now, the Bible says he couldn't do any mighty works. Not that he would not do any mighty works. He couldn't do any mighty works because they restrained him by their dishonor. Are you with me? Because he said the prophet is not without honor except among his own people. Because they did not give him the honor that he was due and they did not measure him correctly, he couldn't do for them what God had intended. Now, let us look into, into the story a little bit more. So, Jesus is doing mighty works wherever he went. The dead are being raised. The, the lame are walking. Blind eyes are opening. So he thought he would go back home. And when he went back home amongst his people, he went to the, the synagogue. And you know, in the synagogue, you know, anyone can get up and open the scriptures and read. You know, it was, uh, it, it was something anyone could do. So Jesus, when he got up to read, you know, everyone was okay with what he had to read. And then he read, of course, the book of Isaiah 61, where he talks about the Messiah coming and what the Messiah would look like when he came. But then trouble started when he said, this day is this fulfilled among you. Because uh, what he was saying is, this scripture is fulfilled today because I am the Messiah. Now, now, now that was a problem for those who heard him. Because, of course, they had a picture of the Messiah from the scriptures. But their understanding was that the Messiah was going to come as a king that would free them from the domination of, of Roman rule. And they knew this person. They knew who Jesus was. And they felt that, you know, this surely cannot be the Messiah. And because they dishonored him, they were not able to receive the power of God into their lives. So while it was normal for Jesus to raise the dead, when he was in their midst, only a few people with headaches could get healed. Many times God will send us the things we need. In a package that we don't like. And if we withhold the due honor, we withdraw our faith and therefore cut off the supply of God. They withheld honor from him and because they withheld honor, they cut off the God-given supply that was destined for them. So they received a partial reward, didn't they? They didn't receive the full reward. Today, I've titled the message... The reward of honor, or should I say, honor's reward. Everyone say, honor's reward. Say it again, honor's reward. You know, the Greek word for honor is the word time. Time. And the word honor means a valuing, something weighty or precious, valuable, such as gold. You know, when you have 18 karat gold, you don't just throw it anywhere. Yeah, you have a place you put it, all right? You know, I was helping somebody move sometime, and, um, you know, and, and we're helping her move. And then, you know, they had moved everything and said, okay, this one, I'm going to move myself. And went to the bedroom, went to the inner chamber, the safe was opened, and a, a box was brought from within the safe, 
and the box was opened and keys were used and we saw the gold. <laughs> yeah, precious things are put in the place of honor, aren't they? Uh, the opposite of, uh, of honor is dishonor because sometimes to understand what something is, you need to look at what it is not. Dishonor is when you treat something as a common thing. To treat it as common, to treat it as ordinary. You know, when you honor something, honor can always be displayed in action, in word, even thought. But true honor originates from the heart. True honor originates from the heart. In Isaiah 29, 13, the Lord said, They honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. So it's possible to honor someone with your lips, but, but really true honor is in the heart. Are you with me? We're talking about honor's reward this morning. Jesus said in Luke 6, 46, why do you call me Lord and yet you don't do what I say? All right? Uh, you can honor me with your lips, but if you're not doing what I say, you're not really honoring me, are you? Yeah? You're not really honoring me, are you? We have so many instances in scripture where people who honored God received their reward, but people who dishonored him did not receive a reward. In Luke chapter 5, verse 17, I won't read it because of time. The Bible speaks about a particular day where Jesus was with the preachers and the teachers, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. And the Bible says that the, the Spirit of God was present to heal them. So they needed healing. There were problems there. The Spirit of God was present to heal them, but none of them got healed. But there was a man that was paralytic that his four friends, you know, tore open the roof and um, let the man down. And that man was the only one that was healed. In fact, the teachers and the preachers of the law were offended at the way Jesus healed the guy. Because Jesus said to the man, your sins are forgiven. And, and instantly, the offense came up. So even though the presence of God was there, even though the spirit of God was present to heal them, they were not recipients of the healing that God had for them because they did not honor him. Uh, are you with me? They did not place the right value upon him. Be careful when God sends you something that you need. And you dishonor it because you don't like the packaging. There's a story in Matthew chapter 5 of a centurion. That's the opposite story because this was the man that honored him. In, uh, in Matthew chapter 8 verse 5, we, we have the story of the centurion um, who came to Jesus and said, Jesus, my servant is sick. Um, and Jesus said, you know, I'll come to your house to, to heal your servant. And the man said, Jesus, I am not worthy for you to come to my home. Just pick the one only because you are a man of authority. I mean, what honor did this man give to Jesus? I mean, this is a Roman centurion. You know, it's a little bit like an American general saying to an Iraqi um, person in Iraq that you know I am not worthy to come to your home because this is this is um, this is a Roman centurion I mean Israel was an occupied territory wasn't it yeah the Israelis were under the occupation of the Romans but this Roman centurion recognized who Jesus was and gave him honor and as a result of that the Bible says his servant was healed that very same hour Look at Luke chapter 13 verse 34. We're going somewhere with this this morning. Look at Luke 13, 34. We're talking about honor's reward. 
He says, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and the one and, the, and stones those who are sent to her. Now, who, are, who, who, have been, who's send, who is doing the sending here? Oh, answer me. Who is doing the sending here? It's God, isn't it? It said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, but you were not willing. See, your house is left to you desolate, and assuredly I say to you, you shall not see me until the time comes when you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. He's saying that I am sending people to you, but you keep, you keep praying, but you keep destroying the people I sent to you. I'm trying to gather you, but you are ignoring those I have sent. In fact, you don't just ignore them, you kill them. And he said, I have longed to gather you. Look at the state of your house. The reason why your house is in this state is because you have rejected those that I have sent. And have you heard of the story of the guy, you know, who... Um, I mean, who, there's this uh, tornado, and there's flood everywhere, and you know, he begins to pray that the Lord will save him. He's in his house, and everywhere is flooded. And there's this guy driving up in a speedboat, and he sees the guy in the, in the house and says, do you need help? And the guy says, no, 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 I'm trusting the Lord. So the guy in the speedboat leaves. And then there was a, there was a you know, of course, the water level keeps rising, and at some point, you know where the story is going, it gets to the roof of the house. And um, the water level is all the way there. So he's standing on the roof. And he's praying and calling on to God. And there was this chopper that came, comes through. You know, this helicopter was flying by. And they, they sort of hovered around him and said, do you need help? We could let down a ladder. He says, no, 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 no. Don't worry about me. I'm trusting God. So, of course, a few minutes later, his house got flooded. I mean, his, you know, he got drowned. And he ended up in heaven. And he said, Lord, I cried out to you. Why did you help me? Why didn't you save me? The Lord said, I sent the guy in the canoe, I sent the guy in the speedboat, I sent the helicopter. I mean, what exactly were you expecting me to do? I mean, Jesus is speaking to Jerusalem here, saying, all the guys I sent to save you, you destroyed. And that is why your house is desolate. And he said, you're not going to see me anymore until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Until you, re- you recognize my messengers that I'm sending. I'm not going to change my way of operation because you don't like my package. Until you recognize that this is the messenger of the Lord to me, you will not see me. You will not see me. Until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Why is the Lord this way? In Luke 10, 16, it says, he who hears you hears me, and he who rejects you rejects me, and he who rejects me rejects him who has sent me. He who hears you, he who honors you, honors me, and he who honors me honors the one who has sent me. You cannot honor God and dishonor those who he has sent. Look at Matthew 10, verse 40. We're going to break this down now. Don't forget the foundation of this whole teaching is an understanding of honor because God wants us to get our full reward. When we don't honor him, we don't get our full reward. When we don't honor the people he has sent, we don't get our full reward because when you dishonor the people he has sent, you are dishonoring him. 
I'll say that again. When you dishonor the people he has sent to you, you are dishonoring him. Look at Matthew 10. Verse 40. Jesus says this again. He says, he who receives you, receives me. And he who receives me, receives him who sent me. He who receives a prophet, in the name of a prophet, shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous man, in the name of a righteous man, shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones a cup of water, in the name of a disciple, assuredly, I say to you, he shall by no means lose what? His reward. We're talking about getting your full reward. He says, if you honor somebody that comes in my name, you're honoring me. And if you honor me, you're honoring he who sends me. And then he tells us about the three levels of human beings that you are going to engage with in life. Number one, you're going to engage with those in authority. That's why he talked about the prophet. You are going to engage with your peers. That's why he talked about um, the disciple. And then you're going to engage with those who are entrusted to your care. That's why he talks about the little ones. Honoring each of these levels of authority brings a certain reward from heaven. I'll say it again. Honoring each of these levels of authority brings a certain reward from heaven. Jesus said, if you'll do this to the list of my brethren, you do it to me. If you are doing it to me, you are doing it to the Father who sent me, and my Father will do it to you. That's the way it works. If you do it to the list of my brethren, you will do it to me. If you're doing it to me, you are doing it to the one who has sent me. And if you do it to the one who has sent me, he will do it to you. So there are three levels and there are appropriate rewards. So number one, let us talk about the prophet. The prophet. You can't dishonor the prophet and expect the reward of God. I'm going to bring this home and talk about church authority. But you know, we can actually extend this to the other areas of authority that God has designated over our lives. We know this is the case because the Bible says all authority is of God. Everyone say all authority is of God. It is not saying all authority is godly. Uh, Are you with me? But it's saying that all authority is of God. So there are certain authorities that God has placed over us for our protection. And that authority, that position of authority has been created by God and therefore we must honor it. Because by dishonoring that position of authority, you are cutting off certain rewards that are actually due to you. And you are cutting off the messenger That God is sending to minister to you. The Bible makes it clear about civil authority. If you look at Romans chapter 13 verse 1. Look at Romans 13 1 very quickly. Civil authority has been placed there by God. And we need to honor the authority 
when the authority is not behaving right. Can be difficult. Honor the position. Recognize that the position has been created by God. And you dishonor that position to your own... uh, You know, God is not going to take your side in the matter. Because the authority has been created by God. Romans 13 verse 1. It's getting quiet all of a sudden. It says, let every soul be subject to governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God. And the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority, resists the ordinance of God. And those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. Now, that does not mean that you agree with everything people do. Um, but you honor the authority. You know, one of the best examples of this I've seen in scripture is the relationship between um, David and Saul. The relationship between David and Saul. Saul was the authority over him, wasn't he? But, But Saul was not honoring God. In fact, Saul was trying to kill David. But in everything David did, David avoided every spare that Saul threw in his direction. Honoring authority doesn't mean that you stand there when they are hunting you down to kill you. But the one thing David did was he always honored Saul. In fact, the very person who came to David to say, I killed Saul, David killed him. Why? Because he recognized that that authority had been set up by God and therefore you need to respect That authority. Are you with me this morning? The authority of civil leadership must be honored. If you look at the family. The Bible says honor your father and your mother. That it may be well with you. And your days may be long in the earth. You know when you honor your father and your mother... You are honoring the very first decision God made about your life. Isn't that correct? Because God chose the family that you came through. Whether your father told you you were a mistake or not, God chose the family that you came through. So when you are honoring your father and your mother, you are honoring the first decision God made about your life. You need to honor your parents. Because the Bible says that it will be well with you... And your days will be long in the earth. You know, there are certain prayers for long life that will never come to pass if you dishonor your parents. And that's why Jesus said that this is why your house is desolate. Because you keep killing the people I send in your direction. You keep killing my messengers because you don't like the packaging. God, I wish you'd give me a different father. Or I wish you'd give me a different mother. No, that must not be your testimony. You shouldn't even say that in your heart. Honor who God has put over your life. You know, the Ten Commandments. Is there anyone here that can tell me what the Ten Commandments are? Do you know the Ten Commandments are actually um, written in order of priority? I mean, have you figured that out yet? Because Jesus, when the, the, um, the person or the, the Pharisee came to him and said, which is the greatest commandment? Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your might, and all your soul, and then love your neighbor as yourself. He said, on this hangs all the law and the prophets, right? So all the Ten Commandments are about either loving God or loving your neighbor. 
The first four are about loving God. Yeah? And the next six are about loving your neighbor. So we see that the Ten Commandments are actually in order of importance. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, there is uh, one commandment that is uh, not as sinful as the other. No, all sin is sin. But if you are going to put them in order, they are actually stated in order of priority. Now, do you know what um, commandment number six is? It says, don't commit what? No, that's people's favorite one. Number six is... Number six is don't commit murder. Okay? Don't commit murder. Number seven is don't commit adultery. Number eight is don't steal. Are you with me? So you can see, don't commit uh, um, murder is number six. Don't commit adultery is number seven. Now, we're not saying that adultery is okay, but we're saying that, you know, murder is, is really bad. Are you with me? It says, don't commit murder. And then it says, don't commit adultery. And then it says, don't steal. But you know what number five is? It says, honor your father and your mother. It says, honor your father and your mother. So if we accept that the, that the, the commandments are actually in order of priority, which they are, then God actually puts your, the honor of your parents even above murder and God forbid adultery and stealing. He said, this is the first commandment with a promise, because if you don't honor them, if you don't value them, if you don't act towards them in respect, it will not be well with you. You'll not be able to stand on that covenant promise of long life, because you are, you are killing the prophet that God has sent in your direction. Always honor your parents. You know, I had a young man call me. I mean, he had this this conundrum, you know, law school student, you know, one of the guys, you know, we, we used to do a ministry to the law school and, you know, the, like the Inlac students, he was coming here every Sunday. And then, you know, the law school is just one year, it's really six months, because after six months, they go on some attachment, so we, we don't really have much time with them. But he calls me up one day and he says, Pastor, I need your help. I said, what's the problem? He said, well, my father is a lawyer. I've just graduated from law. I said, okay, I understand that. He said, but my father has said to me that I need to go into, I need to go and work for um, the ministry of, some ministry of something or the other, in Ibadan. And that's a dead-end job, but that's what my dad did. But he has said that I have to work there. Now, opportunities are opening up for me in, you know, in the private sector. And that is the direction I want to go. But my father is making it difficult. In fact, he said, if I don't honor him in this, he will disown me. He said, what can I do? What should I do? So I said, well, you need to honor your father. But honoring your father does not mean that you do everything he says. Yeah, you're an adult now. I said, you need to go to your dad. I need to say, father, I honor you as my father. I need you to understand what I'm going through. Let me explain my position. Talk to your mother. Go and get an uncle to discuss with him. You need to give him, you need to show him that respect. But as you grow up as an adult, you also need to use your judgment. Uh, Are you with me this morning? Now, honor is speaking about respect and value. It is speaking about letting the person know that, you know, 
they, they are important to you. I'll tell you something that, was ha- that happened to me many years ago. I mean, my dad is a great guy, you know, and I'm going to celebrate Father's Day with him today. And, um, you know, I was in England at the time and I was, um, you know, I was working for a company and I, and I had a sense of wanting to um, go out on my own, go into consulting, have my own business, etc. So I called dad and said, you know, this is what I'm thinking about. I, I think you ought to discuss your plans with your parents. And, um, you know, I said, you know, I'm thinking of going out on my own. And he said, you know, are you sure about this? And I said, well, yeah, I think I am. And I said, you know, now he was coming from a, a background where he had um, spent all his life in the same job. Yeah. And, and he valued the importance of stability of, you know, um, I mean, he worked in the same place for like 35 years. He got his pension and he's doing well. And he said, you know, you really need to have a stable job. And I said, dad, I understand that. But, you know, things are changing now. You know, jobs are no longer as stable as they used to be. Yeah. Uh, and he said, you know, I don't really think it's the way to go. I said, well, Dad, I, I, I really respect you, and I need to agree to disagree with you on this. But I, I really want you to know that I respect your views, um, but I, I really feel this is the way I want to go. Okay? Um, now, now, I believe it's important to always honor your parents and give them respect. But it's also important to understand that as you grow, especially as an adult, you're in your 20s, you're in your 30s, it's very important that... You, um, you respect them, but it doesn't mean that everything they tell you to do, you must do. Because sometimes, um, unfortunately, we get manipulated. I've sat down with many couples who, you know, they've gotten married, but mom still controls their home. Okay? And they're saying, I need to honor my mother. Yes, you need to honor your mother, but she shouldn't control your home. Okay? The Bible says that a father leaves his father and mother and cleaves to his wife and they become one flesh. Your wife and your family must become your first priority. But don't cut off your parents. Always honor them. Always support them. Always make sure that you are taking care of them. But you need as a family to ensure that your family unit is still your number one. Does that make sense? I'm feeling the pain here. Okay. <laughs> So authorities that have been placed over our lives are the agency of God to minister grace into your life. And you need to honor, you need to respect those authorities. Civil authority, family authority, social authorities, church authority. Let me talk about this a little bit. To give me about 10 more minutes and we'll wrap this up. Look at 2 Kings chapter 4 verse 8. 2 Kings chapter 4 verse 8. Very, very important scripture here. Okay, it says, Now it happened one day that Elisha went to Shunem, where there was a notable woman, and she persuaded him to eat some food. So it was, as often as he passed by, he would turn in there and eat some food. And she said to her husband, Look now. I know that this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Please let us make a small upper room on the wall and let us put a bed there for him and a table and a chair and a lampstand. So it will be, whenever he comes, he will turn in there. And it happened one day that he came there and turned into the upper room and lay down there. Then he said to Gehazi, his servant, call this Shunammite woman. When he looked, uh, when he called her, she stood before him. And and, And he said to him, Say to her now, look, you have been concerned for us, 
with all this care. What can I do for you? Do you want me to speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? She answered, I dwell among my own people. And he said, what then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, actually she has no son and her husband is old. So he said, call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the doorway. Then he said, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, no, my Lord, man of God, do not lie to your maidservant. But the woman conceived and bore a son when the appointed time had come, of which Elisha had told her. You know, one of the things I love about this story is the fact that at no point did you hear it said, thus said the Lord. I find that quite interesting. There was no thus said the Lord, this shall be. The, the, the man of God did not push himself on the woman. The woman recognized who he was. And she made room for him. She honored him. And as a result of that honor, there is a reward that you receive as a result of that honor. And that woman received a miracle in her life because she recognized the man of God that was sent to speak the word of God into her life. And she tapped into that. You know, I I feel that there have been a lot of abuses on this. And sometimes people confuse honor with worship. Yeah? We only worship one person, and that is the Lord. But we honor those that have been sent in his name. Because whatever you do not honor, you will not draw from. It's a principle of life. Whatever you do not honor, whatever you treat as a common thing, you will not draw from. You know, it's an interesting thing. I, I was reading an article, and somebody was talking about him um, talking to um, or having lunch with Reinhard Bunker. And everyone knows Reinhard Bunker. Reinhard Bunker is a great man of God. I mean, does miracle, I mean, does, God uses him for all kinds of stuff. And the guy was asking me a question that why is it that, you know, miracles happen in your ministry all over the world? But when you come to the U.S., you don't see the same miracles. I mean, it might be in India and the dead have been raised. It might be in Nigeria and, you know, I mean, blind eyes are opening. But he says, you know, you come to the U.S. and we just, you just have a great meeting. What is the difference? Well, he said one thing is for sure. The Lord is not different. The Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yeah? But what the minister recognized... Was people's expectation was different. You know, sometimes you get into a place and people get familiar with you. After all, we've heard messages. This church, kind of message we hear here, you can't hear, hear them anywhere else. And, and as a result, you do not honor what you receive anymore. You know, I go to places, it's a, it's a funny thing with ministers. You know, I've got some great friends. And we go to different churches. I minister abroad a, a lot of times. And it's interesting how... I can go to a friend's church and his members will come to me and they'll be telling me things about, oh, I need help. I need help with this and that and the other. They give me more honor than they do the guy that's there. And of course, as a minister, I mean, I speak to my friend. I say, okay, this is what's going on. And I know these guys. I mean, these are people that could help them just as effectively as I could. Are are you with me? But for some reason, they get familiar. They do not value they do not honor, they do not weigh the word correctly. 
and therefore they cut off the supply. You know, I go to different places to minister, and what comes out of me is dependent on what people expect. The Shunammite woman recognized who this person was, and as a result, she was able to draw from that anointing, which is an anointing of God, it has nothing to do with him, it's an anointing of God because of the honor that was placed on the vessel. So we honor those who are in authority over us. We honor our peers. We honor those who are entrusted to our care. Say entrusted to our care. Look at 1 Peter 3, 7. We're talking about honor's reward. And the back of our minds, remember Matthew 10, where it says that if, if you honor if you honor any of these, you're honoring me. And if you honor me, you honor him who sent me. In 1 Peter 3 verse 7, speaking about husbands. It says, husbands likewise dwell with them, with your wives, with understanding. Giving what? Giving what? Giving what? Giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel. And has been asked together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. Giving honor to your wives as the, as the weaker vessel. The only reason why the wife is called a weaker, a weaker vessel is that she cannot bench press as much as you can. Usually. Yeah. That's the only reason why she's called a weaker vessel. The vessel is the container. Are you with me? Yeah, she's not weaker in her brain. She's not weaker in her spiritual capacity. She's not weaker in her, in her intelligence. But she can't bench press as you can bench press. So he says, honor her. Honor her. Give her value. The way you treat something precious. We're talking about the reward that comes from this. Yeah? Give her value. Because you are, you are heirs together of the grace of life. And otherwise, your prayers will be hindered. Many a business have been lost because you did not honor your wife. Many a business opportunity has been lost because you did not honor your parents. Yeah? Sometimes we do not see the relationship between these things. And that is why we are reading this. There were, there were a few, only a few sickly among them could be healed. And yet they needed help. Jer- Jerusalem was desolate. They were praying. But yet they kept killing everyone God sent. And if God had appeared himself, they would have honored him. But those that came in his name, the ministers, the civil authorities, the, the, the spouse that were there in his name, were constantly being dishonored and yet they wondered why they weren't being blessed. Our children need to be treated with honor. Look at the book of Ephesians chapter 6. I really need to wrap this up. Look at Ephesians chapter 6. Your wife is, a grace, is, is, a, is an heir together with you of the grace of life. Look at Ephesians chapter 6. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with promise. 
That it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath. But bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. So he's, he's commanding the fathers, the parents also to honor their children. He says don't provoke them to wrath. Don't push them against the wall. Don't push them to a place where they feel they have to rebel against you. Bring them up after the example of God. In love, in care, in tenderness. Let your example be first the example, I mean, let, let your example or your instruction be first the instruction of a godly example before them. Not do what I say, but not what I do. Don't provoke your children to wrath. Give them honor. You know, we've been talking um, in the Train Up a Child um, um, series that we've been doing upstairs. You know, one of the first principles is the principle of choices. It's actually based on four principles. Choices, um, um, consequences, um, compassion, and commitment. And he talks about raising up our children with a sense of choices. You know, I, I feel that if you raise up a child, and it's all about just do what I tell you to do, and you are not allowing them to have choices at every point of their development, you are stifling their creativity and their sense of expression, and you are leading them to a place of rebellion. So at every point in their development, allow them to make choices. Now, of course, that of course depends on, you know, where they're at. You know, I can't say to my son right now, you know, choose which of the cars you want to drive. Have a, you have a choice. No, that, that would be the wrong, that, that's the wrong thing to, to do at this stage of his development. But at every stage, it might be, okay, what do you want to wear this morning? You know, these are your clothes. Which one do you want to wear? You are, you are, you are allowing them to, to have a sense of, of choices and, and, and recognizing that they are independent uh, and, and, and trying to wean them off yourself and, and help them to, to be weaned, to, to focus on the Lord. They have that sense of individuality. Of course, we're there to guide them, to correct them, to lead them in the way they should go. But at every point, there's that sense of choices. Are you with me this morning? So as we celebrate our fathers, I know fathers tend not to receive the honor that is due to them. Just like mothers do not receive the honor that is due to them. Sometimes a lot about dads and men these days is the criticism that people and society level against them. The things that they are not doing right. The things that they are falling short of. We need to honor our fathers. This is Father's Day today. Your parents, you need to honor them. It doesn't matter um, what kind of relationship you have. It doesn't matter how they have behaved towards you. But you need to honor them because they have been put over you. And when you honor them, you are honoring God. When you honor civil authorities, you are honoring God. When you honor your wife, you are honoring God. When you honor your peers, you are honoring God. When you honor your children, you are honoring God and you will receive a full reward. Everyone say, I'll receive a full reward. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we're so thankful for the word. We're so thankful because your word creates life. It creates light. It shows us the way that we should go. Father, we honor you today. We honor our fathers, we honor our wives, we honor our civil authorities. And therefore we say it is well with us. We say that our lives will be long. We say that, that, that our children will rejoice at the fact that we've been appointed as their parents. 
Lord, we give you thanks again for the fathers in this house and your work, the work of the Holy Spirit in their lives, leading them to a place of peace and of effectiveness. Father, we give you thanks in the name of Jesus. Amen.